0: Texted me this week, um, and he just asked me if he could have a little time to to talk about something that 's happening something that 's happening this summer, um, but Caleb and I talk a lot, and I know that there are. Things that he's learning that come from the heart of God. So I just said, sure, you can come and talk about what's going on this summer. But what I really want is for you to just share whatever's on your heart. And at some point in there, he's going to talk about what's going on this summer. But um, I'm just really excited. Just really excited. So, Lord, we pray for Caleb as he comes. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to to just share your, your goodness together. We thank you for the revelation that you're giving him to share with us today. And we know, Lord, we know, Lord, that it's good. It's all good. I thank you, Lord, for just a special anointing to flow right now. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Oh, hi. Yeah, good. It's on. It's here. We go. I think I am going to stand up on the stage, so I'm, I know. But howdy, everyone. Welcome um, to my talk. I have a lot of things that I would love to say um, and some pictures that I'd love to show. And Lord willing, I can get through them all without being too distracted. Um, but my name is Caleb Todd. Uh, this is my lovely family that came to just support me today. And what I, what I really want to talk about today is God's heart for the world. And with that, I, I, I've learned some tools. I am a student at the University of at Texas A&M University, I get to graduate from college this December, and I've been involved with some communities of faith over there that are passionate about the world and about reaching all peoples and, and sharing the, the blessing of the person of Jesus Christ and, and the gospel that is unlike anything else can satisfy, bring life, and fulfill the purpose that God's given to people. Um, and so, I want to share some experiences with that, as well as a tool to talk about the truth that God shows us in the Bible about what he's doing in the world. And and before I start, I want to tell two quick stories that help frame what I'm going to talk about, um, which is, first of all, I don't know if any of y'all own a sailboat, but um, I, I haven't ever really gotten to sail on one, but I understand a little bit how they work, which is a sailboat doesn't have an engine. Um, maybe there are some some oars if there's if there's absolutely absolutely no wind to power the boat, but everything all, all the power that's harnessed to move the sailboat around is the wind. It's caught in the sails that are the namesake of the boat, and and a sailboat doesn't just have sails out all the time. These large stretches of canvas and cloth can be rolled up and like like a taco or a burrito <laughs> a, around the mast, so that it doesn't so that it doesn't get blown crazy by wind that's out of control. But also, when, when, the, when they have the ropes and the rigging and they're pulling the sail up to where it's in its full position, to where it can catch the wind, sometimes the wind doesn't blow. And they're sitting there and, and they need to like row and, and kind of like, like move along. And it's hot. Um, and, and all that to say, some of my prayers in the morning before I go to school are, um, if I'm a sailboat, I'm saying, Lord... I want to choose to pull my sails up. I want to lift my sails up so that I can catch the wind of your spirit to go where you want me to go, except some days I do that and there's no wind that I see, that I notice. And I don't think I'm going where I'm supposed to go. But God never stops working. Uh, His spirit is constantly moving. And so with that said, these two stories that I want to share came from days when I prayed that prayer in the morning and said, Lord, I'm open to what you want to do today. And I, I, think I'm going to try to go to class today. <laughs> I'm going to try and do my homework, do, do the things that you have set in front of me. But I want to welcome your interruptions because you're a better navigator than I ever can be. And so, um, two Mondays ago, I was at the Sterling C. Evans Library on campus at Texas A&M in College Station, and I was with a friend of mine. His name is Matthew, and we we were I'm walking around, and I we we, we found a guy. Who's sitting by himself at a little table eating some lunch that he had packed and the reason my my friend matthew and i were out was we wanted to start spiritual conversations with people and there were some other pairs like us in the area and we honed in on this guy and we we sat down and said hey are you willing to take a quick survey about how your life has been going up until this point in the semester spring break and he's like oh sure yeah and quickly learned that this guy, his name was Ferdinando. He was a, an international student from Mexico and he spoke very good English. His accent was very strong though. So we asked, oh, hey, so where, where are you from and what are you studying? And sort of the generic questions, but quickly the, the subject of conversation turned to, what's your religious background? Have you ever heard the story of Jesus before? He said, yes. I'm like, oh, well, does it sound anything like this? And talking about how God is good. God does exist. In fact, one God who created everything and created people to know him in a personal, intimate way, but we don't see that everywhere. We don't see that in this world today entirely because God has blessed us with the ability to to choose to love him and choose what he wants or to choose what we think is good, what we want. Even if it's really good, it's not what God says, and he allows us to, to pick that instead and and how there's that, that causes separation from God. Fellowship with God is broken by our sin and and how we cannot fix that even by living a, a, a an outwardly perfect life. Our inward attitudes alone disqualify us from having relationship with God. And and how it's not a hopeless situation because God responded and sent his son to die for us. That whoever believes in him and accepts and trusts in his goodness, in his payment for all of our bad heart attitudes can know him and be restored to relationship with him and, and find life and peace that is unavailable anywhere else in the world. And, and we, we worked through this conversation with him, and, and, and he had said that he was a Christian, but that he was really focused on, I'm being a good person, and, and that's why I'll get to go to heaven. And we asked him, do you, hey, do you think that would work? Like, on what, what percentage on the scale of zero to 100, how many good things have you done? He's like, oh, maybe 80. And I turned to Matthew, who is a believer also. But hey, Matthew, how would you answer that question? And he's like, well, I, I know 100% because of what Jesus has done. I get to go in free. I'm trusting in that. And, and that sparked a dialogue with this guy, Ferdinando. And he, it was, it, the time was right. And he put his trust in Jesus Christ for, for the forgiveness of his, of his sin for all time. And he said, Jesus, I want you to be the savior of my life. And we showed him a prayer, a suggested prayer of, hey, is this true? Does this express the desire of your heart that you want Jesus to come in to your life, to be the Lord of your life? And he said, yes, that is what I want. And I said, okay, well, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, if you say it, if if that is a reality, if you say it and you believe it in your heart, God will honor that. And he'll adopt you into into his family. And at that moment, he wasn't quite sure because um, he preferred to, to do this prayer in Spanish and i wanted i encouraged that but he he said i'll do it when i get back to my apartment later i said okay god god knows what's going on inside of you and he's gonna he's gonna bring it about and can i get lunch with you this time next week and follow up and talk some more with you i got a text message from him later that he did pray that prayer and is and is now a brother with us in, in the community of god in the family of god and 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 i got to meet with him this past monday like a would go monday and just talk more with him and talk about what does it mean to pray what does it mean to trust and obey god and that broadened my horizons i had never personally had that kind of a conversation with an international student ever they had always been um regardless of ethnicity from america and spoke english as their first language um but th- this guy was a native spanish speaker and, and was from mexico originally uh, and and so that was new for me. Um, similarly, this past Thursday, the second story, this past th- Thursday, I was out doing the same thing with another friend. And we met an, um, an Asian guy named Bill from Bastrop, Texas. I don't know. But, <laughs> but his mother lives in Shanghai, China. And, and, he, and ethnically, he is Chinese, and he's moved all around. But right now, he lives in Bastrop. And he spoke great English again, uh, and we worked through the same conversation pretty much, and he is a belie- he was a believer before we ever showed up, and and we got to encourage him, and at the end of that conversation, when we asked, Bill, we want to pray with you, we want to encourage you, what's something that you would you would be okay with us praying about with you right now, and he said, well, first of all, my GPA is terrible, so prayers, prayers that I would study harder, and it's like, well, okay, that's relatable, but then he said something else which was heartbreaking to me um which was because Bill, because because i'm i'm asian i'm i'm really afraid of people targeting me and being angry with me right now in the world because of the spread of the coronavirus coming coming from china and how his mom lives in china now and is and is really i don't think she's has the disease necessarily, but is very restricted in her rights and her lifestyle because of the severe measures being taken in, in China for that very reason. And he said, I, I had a friend who lives in town who children came in through rocks at her and, and said, you're the reason the coronavirus is in America. And, and, and he's like, and the people in Italy are being attacked because, because of their East Asian ethnicity. And, and there's this projection of fear of this virus and they're, they're taking it out on these Asian peoples. And I was at this table with him and just, I didn't plan on crying, but I did. And just was, was with him and I had my partner pray. And, and, and in, a, in a large way in the past year, my, my heart for the world has grown unlike, a, um, unlike ever before. And what I want to talk to you, I know that's a somber note to begin with, but, but what, what I think it is pointing to and gesturing towards is what is God's heart for the world. What is God's heart for America, for North America and South America and Australia and Europe and Africa and Asia and all the tiny islands in between? How does God feel for them? How does he view them? And and, and and before I begin, I want to just pray one last thing, which is, Lord, would you use this time? Would you use this time not only to open our eyes to what you're doing and to open our eyes to what your heart for the world is, that you would use this time to glorify your own great name in us God that you would sh- you would you would become more beautiful in our eyes you would become more glorious in our eyes that we would be allowed to see and be moved by the same things that move your heart Jesus Amen This also that, that, Pat, that was a picture that I um, had up of let me see those are some fr- friends of mine walking in s- South Asia I'm um, seeing another part of the world where, where God just loves people. And, and as I begin to talk about God's heart f- for the world, I, I want to know God's heart more. And the Bible talks about it. And the, the word shows some things about God's heart for the world. And, and I, there are three little, three Ps, right? Uh, there's a purpose that is seen in God's word for the world. And there's a picture of what that goal, what that purpose looks like. And then there's also a plan for how to accomplish it and so the first the first p is what is god's purpose in the world what does the bible say and and there are so many there are so many excellent verses this one specifically captivates my heart from habakkuk 2 14 that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as water covers the sea and everywhere where the wa- everywhere where the sea is it's water and so i i just think wow the the earth the bible says that the earth is going to be filled with with pe- people who know about God's glory the knowledge of the glory of the Lord that that he, he is he is reconc he if if the, the world and him are at odds he's he wants to bring it back together so that the world can know him John 17:3 says that eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent and and more specifically this purpose um looks like this in Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It's a little tiny up there. But after this, I looked and behold, a great multitude of people that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice that salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And man. Revelation is wild. And, and I, I, I've, 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 been, I've been hearing this, this scripture verse in the communities that I'm in in College Station repeated so often with this emphasis that there's going to be a multitude that no one's able to count with people from every, every nation, tribe, tongue, language, people, group. Every family of the earth is somehow going to be represented in heaven. And it's going to be a vast scale. And I've been taking a course this spring called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. And something that I've learned is that the word nation, from every nation, which isn't underlined at the very end, um, that the, the Greek word is ethne, which doesn't mean like, it doesn't mean Italy as a nation or or Great Britain as a nation or Germany, but nations as in families, ethnic groups, because borders and, and nation, nations change and empires change over the course of history, but the people in them is what this is specifically addressing. Some people have thought that, oh, we have, we have sent a missionary to every dem, um, demarcated country, every, every every country with borders and an a embassy, so so we're done. And really, there are people, even in countries where there are missionaries, that, that have never heard the gospel. And, and, and so with that, With that picture of what God's heart is, that all people, none would be excluded from his offer of eternal life, but also from his worship choir, right? People who would, who would sing his praises in, in heaven. There's also a plan and a mandate for how to make this happen. And, and this is well loved. The the, the great commission, Jesus says to his, to, to, his 12 disciples or disciples, all authority on heaven and earth has been been given to me therefore listen to what I'm about to tell you I have the the power to tell it to you I have the authority to say you can listen to me and and take this to the bank that you need to (laughs) go therefore because of my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I've told you to do everything that I've commanded you and it's going to be okay because I'm going to go with you i'm going to be with you until the end of the age and this these verses have been talked about for so long and in so many intricate ways and i don't know all of them but this is a plan this is a mandate for how how are people going to know outside of israel about the opportunity to know god and it's crazy that this was not said in English originally. The, 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 this statement was not uttered in, in the language that I say it now. And so it's working. <laughs> and it's getting to people who can hear it and understand it and carry it forward. And, and with this, this is, this is what the Bible does say. And I don't think I'm twisting it too much with, with, with what straightforward, what with, with these scriptures show. And the next thing I want to look at in, in uncovering what God's heart for the world is, is what does the actual world show? This is a graph with, really, even on my computer, it was really small. Um, But these statistics are taken from a um, a thing called the Joshua Project, which tracks worldwide the people, groups, and families, and ethnicities, and governments where there's no church presence um, or missionaries have gone and made contact. And I'll interpret this for you. The blue is 60% of the world, of of all the people groups, Not, not the complete world population, But the groups represented, 60% of them do have access to the gospel in their own language. Maybe there is a local church that they, they can go and they can understand what's being said. Maybe there's a Bible translation in their specific language, or they know someone who's a Christian even. That's what the blue represents, and the red represents the lack of that completely. This does not represent people who believe in Jesus, who, who, who have made that decision, like my friend Ferdinando, at the beginning, to trust in Jesus, the people who have had an undeniable opportunity to either respond or there 's a church. I wonder what they 're doing in there um, and to visit and, and so this, this statistic is is, is huge that forty percent that of the families of the earth, the people the people groups of themselves have not ever heard or been encountered with the gospel uh, and the little fractions above that are, I don't know, uh, if there are 20, no, 30 missionaries that are sent from from a country that is considered reached or has churches or has that presence, 29 out of 30 of them will go to the blue. And one out of 30 of them will go to the red, to the frontier. Because sometimes it's easier. There's a base, there's a pattern already at, at work in these reached areas. And the frontier is harder to get to stickier, smellier to get to. Uh, and so one out of 30 is, is the trend of the people that will go there, um, which is hard to stomach. And it's, it, when we see things like this, it's like, what, can, how, what difference could I make? What could I do? And, and the answer is this last, this last part, this word workers, how, how if we are in the family of God, we are sons and daughters adopted first. But he also wants to include us in the family business of reconciling the world to himself. And these five numbered things, they're all one, all these numbered things, uh, these are habits that people like you and me can practice in order to grow a heart for the world that I'm describing. And the first one is to, to mobilize. It sounds like a very, like a millicent word, but what I'm doing right now is mobilizing and sharing what does the Bible say? What is the reality of the kingdom of God? What is, what is God's vision for the world? And, and simply spreading awareness and, and confronting people who have, like, wait, God wants us to go tell people about him? Like, sometimes there's a spectrum. I don't know. But that is that is the first thing that that I, I've started to do more, even in college, is because I'm, I'm passionate about this, and I want people to realize what's going on. And And the second thing is to pray that God would... Jesus says this to his disciples, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out into his field. And kind of to be willing to pray that is a little bit, I can be one of those that you send. (laughs) If I'm praying for other people, I'm I'm open to the possibility in my own life of being a laborer wherever. And and the third is to welcome people. Um, I after my conversation with Bill, the the second friend, who talked about the coronavirus and being um, persecuted in that way, I said, "Hey man, after spring break, you want to come over to my house for a meal and can we like play video games or something and just and just be friends?" And he's like, "I would lo- I would love that," because even at A&M, A lot of the international students kind of stay together because because they, they aren't welcomed always yeah. warmly by. Native, uh, native um, English speakers from whatever, it's easier to stick with who's like you. And this is something that, you, that anyone can do to grow a heart for the world in that I, I want to welcome people who may be going back to a family in an unreached place who, that I, I can invest in them and befriend them and care for them, and they may not stay here, but I, w- I want to be faithful with the people around me to let that overflow into the relationships around me, even here, even where you are at your workplace or school for me. And uh, the fourth is to actually go, to be sent to all different corners of the world where people need to hear the good news about Jesus and where they won't hear unless someone comes to them and tells them. And lastly, uh, to send, to, to speed goers, people who go on their way because maybe you, you have a wife and family, or there, there are there are circumstances God has God has called you and appointed you to be somewhere, which is not the frontier, but there is still a way to be involved, and and for that to even affect your heart for what God cares about, even being stationary where you are, and and these these things, I've gotten to have the, the same conversation with people about this is what this is how you can be included and in what God is doing in the world. Another I mentioned this earlier, but I I decided to to take a course. Um, not through A&M, but through a, a church network. Um, and these are a bunch of tiny quotes that you don't have to read. I have them on my telephone. I'll read them. There. Um, but I wanted to say them out loud because these have, these have struck me um, and, and moved my heart more for the world. Um, these have been um, quotes from people who have come to lecture in this course from, like, Dallas and Memphis, Tennessee and North Carolina and kind of in even South Korea. And i'll 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 just go and maybe explain them where explanation is needed um john piper says that missions exist because worship does not exist everywhere that some people cannot do not worship god because they do not know him and missions are how are we going to get people to find out about jesus and be able to worship him appropriately Uh, the glory of god is the fuel of missions the christian life is not a democracy it is a monarchy with a king who calls the shots. If you knew God's heart and purposes, would you you want them? Um, Is the church a stained glass barrier? Why am I living this way? What drives me? How much glory do you want to give him? Walking in obedience is worshiping. And lost people cannot know or worship God. When you make God's priorities your priorities, you get results. Every church that has Jesus as king has the same goal God, if you speak, I will obey. The church that reaches the farthest shines the brightest at home. Let the law of love eclipse your rights. Failure to be involved is disobedience. Am I a yearbook Christian only looking for myself in the book? God is looking for people who can survive the blessings. And God, do whatever you want to with my life. And so I'm so this this course is not just a bunch of bushy tailed college students, but also I have I have a, a local pastor sits at my table when we discuss stuff in this class. Um, I have a retired construction contractor and an elementary school teacher uh, who who sit at my table as well as some other college students who sit at my table and we and we hear these lectures and we go home and we read articles written by um, people like this week it's like William Carey and Hudson Taylor and and a lot of b- bigger names in the world Christian movement and. And these are some things that struck me, and I wanted to share, just share them out loud and see what the Lord would, would just do in your heart in response. But furthermore, um, I, I frame my experience that I'm going to share with you now by talking about that tool of God's heart for the world. What is God's heart? What is he doing? What does he want? What is he willing to do in the world? And uh, I am at Texas a and I've been involved with Campus Crusade, for Christ, which is abbreviated now as Crew, but I, I got to lead a team of 13 people this past summer. Co-lead, I'd never been there before, but to South Asia for five weeks, where we got to go onto college campuses and meet students from another culture that God values and treasures, which is so different than American culture or Texan culture, my background culture, and in that. Um, I wanted to share some things about how how did God change me, but also how has this brought me to the point where I am now? And this, this first, um, picture is a little, a little silly, but it's really good to help understand where I'm going, which is, I love breakfast food. First of all, I plan shortly to go to the blue bonnet cafe and eat some breakfast food. Um, this question is, do, do missions work like pancakes or do missions work like waffles? And both of them are delicious. But the, 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 the point of the first of the pancakes idea is if you have a stack of pancakes and you pour syrup on them, the syrup will spread over the entire pancake and dribble off the sides as pictured above. And if you begin to pour mish, um, syrup onto a waffle, the little squares and compartments must fill first before the whole thing will be covered and like run over the sides. Uh, and and the reason i bring that up is some i think historically from what i've learned and and read the the um, american church has sometimes viewed missions as a pancake where as long as we're sending someone as long as we're sending a missionary or we're giving or 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 we're making a generalized effort to obey and fulfill the great commission then great we're we're we're, we're cherry the whole thing will overflow and we'll, we'll cover all the spaces and recently, the strategic focus has been the individual squares of a waffle, the individual peoples, even if there's only 500 people in this tribe somewhere. That is, that is the target that so much labor is worthy of, that, that sending in years of translating and working with um, digging wells, planting churches, discipling people, sharing the gospel, with maybe no fruit for a minute— but if it's just one of those squares, that is the fulfillment of the Great Commission, that another people would come to know God and be represented in heaven, according to the Revelation passage up ahead. And, and it, it really just hones the focus of missions as let's go to Africa versus let's go to a tribe in Ghana somewhere and, and with, with, a, with a deliberate focus. Um, and so well, the reason I say that is in South Asia— they have some shops and they have these little the cast of the, of the gods that they worship. It's a polytheistic society, uh, mainly based off of Hinduism, which allows for the existence of 330 million different gods. Um, and I, I could talk a long time about that. But that's, that, that's where I, I'm getting to go in, in that region of the world. And why this land, South Asia contains 40% of the red that I showed earlier in that graph. Almost half of the red lives in, in the Southern, Asia, Southern Asian region and it's populous. It's dense and it is a very strategic place to go to, to, to enable South Asian believers to share with their neighbors where it's easier. Maybe the, the, the language barrier isn't there or or there are more cultural similarities than a Western college student like myself going to share. And and similarly um, there are there 's such a need in South Asia. There are seven missionary full time missionaries for every one million people and not evenly distributed either um, it, it is a, uh, a, a, a like like a harvest field where there 's like two guys <laughs> working, and the whole thing 's got to be covered and, and it 's going to take a long time and A good illustration is like one person trying to fight a fire with a hundred firefighters asleep, and the one person could keep trying on their own or go wake everyone else up and say hey come and let's let's tackle this task more efficiently and lastly only two crew summer teams got to go to south asia to this to a specific city in that country and i got to be on one of them it was crazy i felt so privileged and excited that i got to go be a part of what was going on and this is my team um from last year it's a little little hazy it's going to be bigger this year, actually. We have more students who are excited about the world and want to go to this hard place to be for, for a Westerner. And I get, to, I get to help play a role in that again. Um, this next picture is kind of in the middle up, where it looks like there's like kind of some tan buildings and a water tower a little bit on the side, is one of the top universities in, in the region where we got to go last year. And I got to step on that campus and start conversations with students eventually leading them, hey, let's, can we go to Subway? Can we go to McDonald's? Can we go to a, uh, somewhere where it was kind of more natural to have a close conversation and have that same conversation of, what's your spiritual background? Tell me, but with some more hoops coming from a different culture. Uh, and, and that is, again, one of the schools, the model is I, as a college student, leading college students, can go where there are college students from all other ethnicities and cultures and religions and political parties and all sorts of things, but with that one thing in common of being a student. And these two pictures are walking through the streets of this city. Um, It is an electrical engineer's worst nightmare with a lot of exposed wires. And the sky is not cloudy, actually. It is just flat gray because of the climate and pollution um, in in that country honestly and the traffic and the rubble and it's where they are it's where it's where the the, ex- the expensive hard to get to peoples are that are going to be represented in heaven and 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 we got to go and do this this past year and i got to be exposed to so much um need but also glory that I had never seen before in in texas and this is I don't know, a rooftop picture showing that uh Pretty, pretty packed in there, I suppose, and beautiful sunsets in some places. This is a picture from a market, which really shows the richness of the colors and just the the cultural difference. They're, these aren't like tan jackets at a store that you see on a on a rack, you know. Like this is um, the, the way that the world is on the opposite corner from where Texas is, and and God, God absolutely loves them and like the clothes they wear and the food they eat and it's okay that it's different than tex-mex you know and i need to get over that maybe but the beauty the beauty in south asian culture is something that god treasures and values even though i don't value it all the time i'm working on that again but another strange thing is this is at the same market these guys have smartphones in their hands and they're probably reading the news which which is just, it's wild because they're selling these ornate tapestries and it's like a clash of every century at one time with with maybe they're playing some game or reading the news on on their on their digital smartphone while you know sitting cross legged on a stack of tapestries. It's it's so many other ways I could say that, but it's just true. It's it it is so it's so different, and it's hard for people in America sometimes to want to go to a place that's so different. Um. But the goal is this. The goal is, that's my partner, Matthew, getting to talk with an, um, a South Asian student named Rohit and working through, okay, so do, do you believe that there's one way to God or several? And how can, we, how, can we, how can we work through that? And some of it is very much apologetics of, that doesn't make any logical sense, sir. And some of it is, some of it is the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those that do not believe and only through Christ is the veil taken away and begging Christ to show himself, Jesus to show up in power and do what only he can do. But our obedience is actually colliding with Indian students, South Asian students and giving them a chance to, to experience him whereas they maybe never ever had before. And, and ultimately, this is actually my last slide, cool. Um, I'm actually going there again this summer Um, I I am serving as as a senior leader for a team of 14 Aggies to head to South Asia to a different place in the region than before. We're going to college campuses to look specifically for key student volunteers who are believers or may become believers and will be passionate about starting a movement of the kingdom on their own campus long after we're gone and and encouraging even the staff that I think there's some some American missionaries there as well and encouraging them in, in their their lifestyle of living among the lost in another culture and being kind of boots on the ground for the other slides I showed earlier. Boots on the ground of the world's going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And drinking out a bottle of bottled water because they'll get sick if they drink the tap water because of just just the bacterias and um, riding motorcycles and breathing pollution a lot and living where it's always hot or always raining and how that's how that's worth it because Jesus is worthy and worth following and um, ultimately uh, I I'm going because Jesus has changed me from who I used to be and and it's not a vacation <laughs> it because I, I'm I'm almost done with my time in college but there are there's a freshman guy there's some sophomore guys and a junior guy that are on our team that are going to continue to be not only in the A&M crew movement but it, in the university passionate about this area and these people after I'm gone and so me getting to lead and provide an opportunity for these people to go is is it, I'm so excited that I get to be a part of that um, and and uh, in the in the end, I, I wanted to invite you to pray for me, pray for our team. We have we have a lot of actually some freshman girls, and that and going to South Asia is really hard if you're a woman in in certain places and areas because of some cultural differences from America, and um, even with a lot of the news about the coronavirus, we're not worried with where we are. I suppose the the risk management and assessment is our specific region is, is fairly, pretty safe, whereas other, other teams going to other regions have had to cancel because of the severity of travel bans and things. But we're believing that God has this door open for us to go and that there's a, there's a reason for why the people are, that, that are sending support letters and calling people and asking, will you pray for me? Will you partner with me financially? But we're doing that for, eter- for an eternal purpose and, and not just a, an enriching experience for us. However... The reason I'm standing before you today is that it, it was an enriching experience, and I'll never be the same. And my perspectives are broadened, and I so I I am not who I used to be. And I I, I want to tell my story like this to to all I mean all ages and different demographics, and say it's the same God, and He loves people that are different and are hard to get to, just like He loves you. And He does. It's not I don't think it's a minimizing thing to say that God you know God loves Afghanistan or Iran. The same as us, because he does. And, and um, but the stories I opened with, with these international friends of mine, demonstrates what God's doing. I don't know how to describe it entirely, but what he's doing in my, in my heart for, for all people. And I'm so excited that we get to be invited into something that is guaranteed to work, guaranteed to win. And he wants us to be involved in the family business. That's how I'm going to be involved, uh, at least for the the near future. And I do have on the back table some letters that I've sent to friends and family that have more more specifics in ways that I would love to have anybody pray for. I'm also trying to raise financial support ahead of my team so I can help them do it because some of them have never done it before. And I'm so excited about how deep God's pockets are and that if someone doesn't, give when i call them someone else is going to and that he he has money that i don't know about and is going to meet the need but i heard it said i'll close we will close with this but i got to sit through a six-hour training a couple saturdays ago about how how to raise financial support for a mission what's the biblical basis how to pray how to share your faith and i heard the speaker say caleb if i could if i could clue you in on a business investment where you, you pay in a hundred dollars and you get back hundred thousand dollars, would you be upset if I didn't tell you about it? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'd be very bitter about that. That would change everything. And and really, when some when when an, when an invitation is extended to to sow into the kingdom or to give the temporary things for the eternal thing, it's it it is an investment that multiplies. And affects eternity. And, it, and it's not just a self-fulfillment thing, but it brings glory and honor to God's great name. And that is why we're created. That is what stirs our heart unlike anything else in this world. Uh, and so I want to invite you all to do that. Uh, if, if, if God is motiv- motivating you or calling you that you need to be involved in what God is doing in South Asia through what, what Caleb has got going on, great. I'll take it. And if it's someone else, be obedient to that, Please. Um, but i I would just love to pray and ask that God would cause whatever i 've said um, to to be translated to where you 're at so that it it impacts your heart in the way that God wants it to uh, and so i 'll just pray for us now and we can move through that but um <sighs> jesus i 've never met anyone like you um, Thank you that you are radically committed to the glory and honor of your own great name and that you are, you are not quick to abandon your purpose and your promise or us, Lord. Uh, thank you that, you that you invite us so patiently uh, to be involved in what you're doing. Thank you that you're pleased with us when we make chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A and, and when we take exams and when we ride the bus. Thank you that you're going to fill the world with the knowledge of your glory. Thank you that you are reconciling broken families on the other side of the world that are torn because their son or daughter has believed in Jesus and that they, they won't keep them. Thank you that you hear about the pain that people are going through because of their faith and because of the sin and brokenness of the world that you are, you are, you're enlisting us to fight against that in, in so many ways. It could be at the post office, God, but... I just I thank you that you want us to be a part of what you're doing, and uh, thank you that you're pleased with us all the time. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just minister to us in, in the ways that we don't even know we need. Uh, and I, I do pray that you would woo us for the eternal things instead of the temporary things that are so loud and neon. And I, I, I beg you to bring about um, healing in this country and, in, in, and all over the world. God, that you would, you would manifest your rule and authority o- over the brokenness in this world. That you would set the things right that are wrong. Pray that you would bring people to know you. Thank you that you, thank you, that you have already won the victory. And that we're just catching up to it in this time in history. That we're nearing the finish line, God. And I ask that you'd give us one heart for you. And Jesus, we, we just want to be in agreement right now that you are our everything. And if that's not true of us, if there are heart attitudes or idols that we don't recognize or vying for the, the spot on the throne in our hearts, I ask that you would just tear them down really hard, really fast, God. And make us the people that you want us to be, so that we can be obedient to you because that is that lord you 're wonderful, and there is no substitute for experiencing your love and experiencing your glory. Thank you that you have a heart for the world before I ever figured it out, and you were patient with me all those years. <laughs> Thank you that you know exactly what to do. Thank you that your hope is going to overwhelm the grief of the world. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And uh, so you can, you can take one of those letters and pray over it, and you'll know how to pray for Caleb better. And if you, if you want to make a contribution to his ministry, uh, then you'll have everything you need. If you already know right now that you, if God's spoken to you in some way that you want to be involved in his ministry... <clears throat> and you feel like writing it, you're here and you've got your checkbook and you want to write a check today. Uh, if you just put uh, C R U in the bottom left corner of the check, uh, then we will collect all of that and we will pass it along to Caleb. Okay? C R U, that's not hard to spell, right? You make it out to the church make it out to the Christ Redeemer and then put CRU uh, in that left hand corner um, but this isn't really about Caleb this is about the spirit of God speaking to you um, because there are always opportunities to impact unreached people around the world Um, and too often we make church about us. Uh, God bless us, and God answer our prayers, and God meet our needs, and God lift us up, uh, and bless our our little circle of friends. And God's vision is so much bigger. The, The knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth like the waters cover the sea, that's God's vision. When we put our little... Shoeboxes together, and we send them out in Operation Christmas Child. Well, Connie, do you remember the number? It said that for every box that goes out, how many people does one box impact? Make up a really big number. So, the things like seven people for every box that goes out. Um, so, so the things that we did even last Christmas have an impact on reaching unreached people um we're not here just to be here on sunday mornings and so that god can make us feel better hopefully you've been encouraged but I, but i i hope more than anything that you've been challenged to realize that <clears throat> we are part of something bigger that god's plan is bigger that god's desire is to incorporate you in something bigger than you know. Uh, And it starts by just praying, hearing the voice of God, and being open to opportunities um, to touch people with the love of Jesus here, there, everywhere. But uh, thank you so much, Caleb, for challenging us. And, Lord, we want to pray a special blessing on Caleb as he gets ready for this second trip. Different, slightly different place, slightly different responsibilities, same amazing opportunities. I thank you, Lord, for the hedge of protection that you're putting around Caleb and his team. I thank you for opening up the windows of heaven, pouring out a blessing financially, uh, spiritually, physically, so that in every way the needs of the team are met. Uh, that the work that you have ordained him to do will not be interrupted, disrupted, distracted, uh, and that uh, you will be glorified by everything that's done and said uh, leading up to and all the way through the time this summer. We bless you and we praise you, God, uh, that you use, you work through us uh, to change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.